Welcome to Conversations with Ipswich School, the podcast where we speak with people in the school and those who've already left to find out what life is really like there. In this episode, we find out from one current pupil and one former all about hockey at Ipswich School. We hear their stories about how they both ended up playing in goal, how the support from the school can lead to playing at Team GB level, and we learn the importance of a competitive nature at school. So come with me while Saskia Jordan introduces our two guests for this episode. Welcome to Conversations with Ipswich School. We're talking to George Pinner, Team GB hockey goalkeeper and former student, and to Wilf Mortimer, sixth form student at Ipswich School and our first team hockey goalkeeper. So George, when did hockey start becoming a thing for you? Um, well, I actually got my first ever exposure to playing hockey uh, in the prep school. So I think we you first played it when kind of seven years old, so year three. But um, it wasn't till a couple of years later, year five, that I ended up um, playing in goal. It was um, yeah, kind of funny circumstance, ill that day, couldn't really run around, so I ended up playing in goal. And um, yeah, it just went very quickly from there. Um, I was always quite a big, big young kid and filled up quite a lot of the goal being tall and kind of found my natural calling and so yeah it, it went from there age 10 quickly went into kind of county and regional hockey and before I knew it it was clear that hockey was the sport that I was gonna thrive at really. So tell me about this it's year five you're 10 and you end up playing in goal how come? Yeah so I'd always loved sport at school um, quite a sporty family um, but as I said None of my family had played hockey, really. Uh, you know, they'd, they'd experienced it at school, but I, I didn't come from a hockey-playing family as such. But all mad keen, granddad in particular, football, rugby, cricket, sports like that. And so, as I said, the games afternoon, as it was, I think it was two games afternoons, were, were the best part of the week for me. They were the real highlight. And, um, yeah, woke up feeling a bit flurry, um, but really wanted to go into school because it was one of those two afternoons a week. And I remember my mum saying... Well, if you're going to go in, you need to play in goal because you're not, you know, well enough to run around. Uh, there was currently, you know, an A team goalkeeper, but someone needs to go and goal for the B team. And so, yeah, I said to the teacher, look, I can still do it as long as I play in goal. And uh, it, it literally went from there. As I said, I remember being fairly okay in that first training session, and the uh, B team spot was all mine from that point onwards. That's absolutely amazing. Just uh, amazing how these things start, and then here we are. You're you're playing for for GP in the Olympics. And Wilf, what about you? So you joined us in Year 7. How did hockey start to become a thing for you? Well, quite similar to George that I, my family was quite sporty, but they sport was hockey. So from a young age, I did quick sticks all the way up through club. And same sort of, didn't, I started outfield, but then I sort of got distracted very, very easily. And my father thought, best way to fix that is if I put him in goal he's more likely to concentrate more and actually focus on the game and then I sat in goal and I was like oh it's quite fun I get to wear pads and basically slide people it's quite amusing <laughs> I think that's the bit that everybody deep down has to admit that the kit is cool uh, and especially I don't know what age you started Will, but you know I remember thinking this is this is really cool no one else gets all this bit of a transformer it, it makes you stand out whereas in football it's almost like can and you go in goal, and it's sometimes seen as the short should door. It's definitely the kit is a drawing point for me. Powerful, it's a power play, really, because it's, it's when you walk out, everyone's got their hockey stick, but then you've got this whole bag behind you, and you pull this kit on, you just walk out going, I'm quite big now, I feel happy. And it's, <laughs> and, but it's the same thing, it's the same criticism George 
sort of sure George might get it as well that every time I go and goal, there's always someone going, "Why are you doing that? It's just mad. Why, why would you try and stand in front of the ball?" And I go, mainly it's just quite fun, and as George said, it's just putting on kit it makes you feel powerful. <laughs> And I love the fact, similar to George, that you're you were getting a bit distracted out in the field, and they said, "Right, okay, let's, let's pop him in goal." Um, so, so it is different, though, isn't it? So you you must have to learn different skills. And um, well, Wilf, you start. How what what sort of how does the skills differ? Well, for, for, from outfield. And yeah. So I mean, fit definitely since I stopped doing outfield, fitness dropped slightly, because sort of didn't have to move as much. Um, but then, for me, I do the I do the odd occasion outfield when the club needs it but then I feel I feel like it's same but opposite because you have to remember all the tactics of what they're trying to do and then just change it completely to see yourself but yeah. I, I think I think obviously skill set wise you you know you watch a match outfield players bent over um you know kind of quick hands being able to get kind of low to ground in kind of a squat position you know bending over um at six foot four that's not terribly easy if I was wanting to be playing outfield right now, uh, especially you know being a bit older. I think I think being in goal requires you know diff- a, a lot different movement patterns. Uh, obviously, it's a lot more similar to football um, and especially football goalkeeping or kind of wicket keeping in terms of you're not bent over as much, but it, it's all in your legs. You, um, you know, a lot of lunging and stuff like that. But again. The, the the running thing's always interesting because I, I have to admit like I've always been super competitive when a ball's involved but when it comes to could you just run for 5k the voice in my head starts telling me stop 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 <laughs> straight away and you know at GB level we obviously have to be fit but the requirements are very different so for us it's all kind of short explosive efforts whereas outfield there's obviously a need to kind of go for longer distance but you know I, I can't lie that I, I do enjoy not having to do some of the longer distance running training that those guys have to do. <laughs> and George, did you always know that you would have a career in hockey? Uh, no, actually, it was, as I said, I think, being honest, from a young age, I, I, I wanted to be a sportsman. Um, as, I, as I was alluding to there, there's, I've just got such a competitive nature, even if it's like family board games or something a bit of a sporty edge, you know, Christmas, some kind of game. I do want to win, uh, and yeah, my family's very competitive, so it's always brought that out amongst everyone. Um, I think I wanted to be a footballer. There's no line about that. I used to go to Ipswich Town from age kind of seven, and the dream was probably still is to play for Ipswich Town, even just for a couple <laughs> of minutes. Um, but as I said, I, I was very lucky. I got exposed to all sports at school, but it just became very clear that hockey was the one that was you know, going to give you the most potential or the opportunity to go further. And it, I don't think it was ever a conscious choice to choose hockey. It was more that hockey chose me and my kind of career started going down that line. So when I had choices to make, it was like, well, do I play for my Sunday league football team or do I play for the East of England at hockey? So, you know, the prestige involved with that made that an easy decision. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a few comments from, you know, staff at school in, in supporting me that made me realise that, yeah, Possibly I had the potential to go on and have some success in hockey. But, yeah, becoming an Olympian, playing for Great Britain, yeah, that, that, that was a dream, a, a, you know, a huge dream, not something that I ever expected would become a reality. With the staff, like you say, it, is, it makes a whole lot of difference 
because if you go to training and you don't do very well or something, and just a moment of staff comes up, say, oh, I don't matter, it's nothing, it's just training, and then saying, oh, yeah, you're definitely going to improve, you're definitely going to get to this level, it really just gives you a con- um, confident boost, and you just keep pushing until you get there to prove them that you can do it. That's right. Are you competitive as well, Will? Uh, well, I've got three older brothers, so yes, slightly, because <laughs> it's a, yeah, a lot going on. Um, and are you a frustrated footballer? Uh, never really got into football. I was more of the rugby and hockey side of it. Didn't didn't touch on football. So I just couldn't really find a club near us. So looked at rugby and that sort of well corresponded to hockey because it was quite fun because I could just tackle people and get in people's way, which was quite amusing. So there's definitely something about the competitive spirit, isn't there? And then hockey kind of finds you. And George, you were saying that um, I think it was when you're in senior school that the teachers thought you could be really good? Yeah, I, I can't remember whether it was the end of year six or it was kind of year seven or year eight, but there was a, a teacher who's had a huge influence on you know, my career and where I've got to, uh, David Walsh, who I, I believe you know, he's, he's retired now, but occasionally still comes back to the school. And you know, I'm indebted to him for uh, the enthusiasm and effort he put into the training sessions to make them enjoyable, like love playing hockey loved doing extra sessions with him and he got us into uh, local clubs to go and play there but I remember him there's a place we used to play Deerham and it was cold it was miserable but used to have some like regional finals there and I remember just being invited for an East of England trial um, when I was quite a lot younger and he said you know you definitely have to go for this I think you could play for England one day and as I said that comment in itself you kind of think and I mean this with no disrespect to David, he, he wasn't an international hockey player by any means, you know, himself. He he played in the local circuit. But, you know, if he just said that off the cuff, I'm not sure it would have carried the weight. But with the enthusiasm he had for the sport, the the way he went about encouraging you, when he then said that to me, I, I genuinely believed him. And it kind of gave me a desire to really give that a go and to see, and to see what could happen. Uh, and as I said, I think that, that one comment, literally had a massive impact on me uh, and I, I believed him and wanted to prove him right but it wasn't just that comment it was the way he always was made that comment kind of carry more weight than possibly the evidence suggested it should at the time and that feels like the same for you well it feels like that there's a tremendous amount of support and if things don't go quite so well as they meant to it doesn't seem to matter yeah so I yeah so that's that's club and that sort of way you sport so I, at Colchester, I played, for, well, when I was young, I played up higher teams. So I was playing with 60, 50-year-old blokes who are just quite encouraging. And they just, they've seen, they've seen a lot of stuff, even though they're on this local circuit. But they've seen a lot of stuff and they go, oh, that's fine. You've got good things, bad things, and this is what you can look at. And it's just quite useful to hear it from them. I think one of the things, and... <sighs> got to be careful how I word this kind of at the way the world is at the moment but I think the competitive of nature and still keeping like competitiveness at schools is really important in my opinion um when I was at school I think and especially looking back now and you know hopefully I will have kids our own in the future the one thing that I hope is you know however good your child is they get the opportunity to play sport and throughout my time at school that was really clear and I've seen it afterwards the guys who never even made first team hockey at school have gone on to university or clubs and being part of a hockey club or a rugby club or football club has been part of their life because they've had the opportunity at school which is so important but for those that basically thrive on competition like myself 
Um, I think it's still really important that 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 continues to be something that you can do at school because, um, you know, I've won a couple of bits, but my brother was a goalkeeper at school and he won like the indoor national hockey finals. And even today, he holds that over me that he achieved that and I didn't. And that, that was that was a huge thing for him and something that I was jealous of. And I think it's really, the school always had a really good balance when I was there at kind of meeting my competitive drive in terms of when we play up schools, we'd want to win. And when we go to like these competitions, we'd want to win, which kind of helped me. And it, it meant what I wanted from sport, whilst at the same time giving opportunity to those who were never going to be first team players if that makes sense and I, and I think that seems to be continuing at the school from what I can see and I think that's just really important yeah definitely that is what's happening so I think even like you said that second team players and all that everyone's coached in the exact same way it just means little tweaks have been changed but everyone's coached in the exact same way so when you step up it's the exact same and it is you just increase intensity and it just gets more competitive and it just I think it just gets more enjoyable the more competitive it is. So, George, do you have any memories of the quirkier traditions or aspects of life at Ipswich School? Yeah, I was uh, lucky enough to speak to some of the prep school pupils the other day who actually jogged my memory of what house I was in in the prep school, Yelland, which I'd kind of forgotten. Um, I remember being in Sherrington House and actually the house competitions were something I really, really enjoyed. Um, I don't know what, I love swimming, um, but I went to a couple of like swimming gala, but they were always swimming trainings at like six, five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. And that put me off massively. And then galas were at weird times. But I really remember loving the swimming gala because I was quite good at swimming, but it was just unique. And that bit of it, I, I really remember at school. I don't know if they still go on, but that was something that I really, really enjoyed. And I also think kind of the house dinners and, and the sports dinners were something you know unique about the school uh, and something I, I really really yeah enjoyed about it um the, the, obviously lots of opportunities around the school that you know m- make it stand out but yeah being part of a house and the inter-house competitions the rugby the football yeah th- they were really really cool things and uh, yeah I look back on those kind of memories fondly what about you Will any any quirky traditions that you'll remember when you leave us well just like George it's because I'm ashamed as well it's the house spirit that you've got um, and the, the inter-house competitions are amazing because the amount of people that you create these teams from that have so if you, we had a hockey team and the amount of people that you look and go you have no idea how to play hockey but we need numbers so you'll have to do and it's getting <laughs> it's getting these big rugby players to sit in defence and if the ball comes to them just smash it away yeah. it was quite amusing because that was I think that's probably one of the best moments is we had a big rugby player sitting in our defence and every time it came to it, nothing went through him because he just stood there, got the ball, smashed it away. And it was so amusing. That, that was literally something I played. Like, you know, the rugby sevens team, you, you'd find someone who's in athletics, you know, pretty competitive and stuff like that. And, you know, you'd go and get them to play on the wing. Uh, and, you know, they'd be great when they got the ball, but they were not interested in tackling. Or like, like you said, the hockey, I, I actually now do remember playing. My brother went in goal and I went outfield and, we got a bit too competitive and I think we got close to both of us being sent off in an inter-house match, which I, I, you know, obviously not condoning that at all, but looking back is, you know, slightly amusing. And I think the one also thing, yeah, like it's juggling memory is I love sports day. Um, sports day, I, I remember A, when I was in the prep, the Father's Day race, I don't even know if those still exist, but I remember dad came third and that was, oh, that was awesome. Especially given he can't really run. 
And then uh, as I got older, um, yeah, sports day, as I said, doing things like the long jump, the triple jump, the high jump. Oh, yeah, I used to love sports day. And actually I won the Victor Ladorum, I think it was called one year. And for the most points for like six events or something. And they were like all the jumps just because I was tall and stuff like this. And still to this day, I think it's the thing my granddad can't believe because I'm not athletic at all that I won that. I think he's more proud that I won that than anything else. And it's still, um, there's another couple of other OIs, Harry Martin, a hockey player who's a lot younger than me. And he still cannot believe that um, I won that Victor Ladorum. He reckons it must have been the most unathletic year group in history if I was successful <laughs> in winning that. But yeah, sport, Sports Day sports day was a great memory. Does that does Sports Day still exist, Will? Yeah, yeah, it's still, it's still there. And I think it's just quite amusing because it's the same thing that everyone sort of gets involved. Yeah. And everyone does a competition. So I would say I attempted some of the jumping things. It didn't go very well. I'm quite a stocky fella, so it's not, <laughs> I'm not that good at jumping. So I sort of sat towards the shopper and that sort of things. Yeah, I remember the high jump used to turn into slightly a comical event because you had a few people quite good at it. And then you'd have like a couple of guys trying to see how you know high they could go diving head first and various other bits. Um, I remember actually we had a guy a couple of years above me who was a brilliant athlete and he did the whatever was the most laps around the pitch. But slightly amusing, he took off an item of clothing. Not, he, he was still had stuff at the end. Um, but he got he got disqualified <laughs> for doing it. And I, I've never known so many parents boo a decision because everybody found it quite hysterical. So that that was a yeah a, a, a fairly kind of humorous moment. Well, with with the long jump, uh, high jump. I mean, you're talking about I that you know our little competition we had amongst friends. I think I came third in our little competition about who could get the highest height jumping head first over no, that's still that's still continuing because it is it's just something that you go we could make this fun yeah, i know exactly. we're not going to win because we've got some proper athletes in our year and it's like yeah we're not winning this but we could definitely have our own competition and make it fun for us oh, that's brilliant so fellow sherringtonians um and george it's, it's I'll, I'll let you think about this um because it might be when your dad came third in father's day race who knows <laughs> Will, what's the one thing that you're most proud of from your time here? It's going to be quite hard because you've got a lot of things that's going on, but I think it's definitely just how far I've improved in hockey. So I think the push that I got from so Mr Addison, our new head of hockey, he's definitely pushed me and that's got me into the trials for England under 16. That was so useful and it pushed me towards all of these things. Um, and then... So I, it's just pretty much the whole of the school time. Now, I don't think I could pick out any period of time that was horrible, well, except from exams. They were quite bad, but <laughs> everything else was. It was. Well, it was quite. It was just a laugh, really. Everyone was in a good mood. Everyone was enjoying, and then just everyone was encouraging. So fun and progress. I'm going to take yeah. on that. Um, and so George, is it still your dad coming third <laughs> in the Father's Day no, race? I, I was very proud of him doing well in that, but look. I, I think if you told me, asked me at the time of school, it, because I'm so sport mad, it would have been playing for like the first teams in hockey, rugby, football, cricket. Because again, like I wasn't a natural cricketer. I think in one of the, uh, you still have the weekly newsletter. It was called like the Ipswich. I can't think. The occasional. It. Yeah, the occasional. That's it. That's it. And my, uh, my, I got, a, I scored ninety. I scored quite a few runs on the main pitch and playing on that main pitch of school was fun. But my innings got described as agricultural at best. 
So I was by no means like a proper all-round sportsman. It was a bit of hand-eye. But I think playing for all those teams when I left school was something I was proud of because, like I said, I wasn't a natural rugby player or cricketer. Um, but I think looking back, the thing I am probably most proud of is like the roundedness that I came out of school with. And that was driven by my parents, but also the school. Like um, I got grades that I'm you know, very proud of and they enabled me to go to a university and get a degree that I'm proud of. And I think doing that alongside sports, um, looking back, it is like the highlight that basically I managed to, if you like, excel or, you know, kind of live up to what, what I could do in terms of sport and educationally. And as I said, maybe at the time I, I took the kind of education bit for granted and um, was just pleased with the sport. But definitely looking back, uh, coming out, with the rounded experiences I did is something that I'm very proud of. Fantastic. You've just answered my question about what's the most important life lesson. Yeah, the school did kind of, you know, definitely help with that. But I think I learned lots. Being rounded was really important. But I think in terms of a life's lesson, the biggest thing I learned at school was actually timekeeping, time management. And I think when I was combining all these sports and a bit like Wolf talked about, I, I played club sports, sounds like, you know, similar to him. You, you kind of had to get your acting gear in order to kind of be able to do everything. And that's definitely something that's helped me, along with my DT teacher teaching me the importance of eye contact in a conversation. I used to always avoid eye contact. So, yeah, th those would go down as, as life lessons, I think. That's fantastic. Eye contact from your DT teacher. Yeah, I think he was giving me a little bit of a telling off and I wasn't exactly looking at him. And he told me the importance of looking at eye contact or if you can't maintain eye contact, stare at their forehead because they'll at least <laughs> looking at them. So, uh, yeah, good life lesson there. Wilf, what will you take as your life lesson? I feel like you just, you, you're able to do anything you really put your mind to because there was a lot of things that I felt like I couldn't do before I came. So I'm not the best academic student there is. But I think with teachers just saying, yeah, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. And that's really pushed off and just rubbed off on me because it's so useful. Because when someone says, oh, can you do this? And you go, I'm not really sure. And they go, okay, so they help you explain it. And then it's the point where you go, oh, I can actually do that. And then you do more information to it and it's, okay, I'm quite comfortable with that. And that'll help you in later life, just those simple things. That's great, thank you. Okay, I'm on to my last questions, my quickfire questions. I'll start with Wilf and then George. Wilf, what's your nickname at school? Uh, I went through a lot, but Mort's or Lenny for Mice and Men. And George, what's your, what, can you remember what your nickname was? Well, I definitely didn't have a highbrow nickname for Mice and Men, that's for sure. But um, no, I, I, don't, I honestly don't think I had a nickname um, at school. I think I was just called Pinner or George. I, I don't remember one. One will probably come out the woodwork if a... <laughs> person in my year hears this and reminds me of some embarrassing nickname but yeah I, I don't believe there was one that I was aware of. Yeah to do write in if uh, you want to let, <laughs> let us know what George's nickname really was and then okay George what was your favourite place to hang out at at school? Not as such hang out but uh, you know uh, on, the, on, the, on the, the main cricket pitch in the summer when you could play football basically any time you were allowed to play football on the, um, the main kind of grass that was my favourite if not throughout school uh, were the netball or basketball courts kind of behind the pavilion we were regularly playing football back then um, as I said that, 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 that was how my kind of great times were spent and lastly George what would you say to your 11 year old self uh, probably 
don't waste as much time and energy trying to be cool because it's it's really not worth it in hindsight. That would probably be it. Uh, as well as listen more in French and German. Um, as I said, I I kind of had an attitude, probably like most of the British public, of why do I need to speak French or German? They speak English. And having travelled a lot with hockey, uh, I regret that decision uh, massively. So yeah, don't try and be don't try and be as cool and uh, listen in French and German. Excellent advice. And Wilf, what about you? What would you say to your 11-year-old uh, self? Probably one of the top ones, a little bit more exercise. That would have been quite useful in later life. Yeah. A little bit more fitness. Um, but then apart from that, just, I think that's pretty much it. Just fitness, really. I think that would be quite useful. Wilf, as a bit of life advice, having then gone to university, if you end up going to university, I left school and obviously ran around playing all these different sports. Then I just played hockey and goal. And I thought I was putting on a fair bit of muscle in my freshers year of university, but it turned out after the kind of um, body um, test that we did that, that that was that was fat. It turns out a more sedentary university lifestyle and diet um, isn't great for your skin fold. So my life lesson would be that if a bit more exercise is your lesson coming up from school, and even more exercise when you go to university would probably be my tip based on my experiences. Yeah, because I'm so I'm also I'm looking towards the army, so I'm in this army oh, okay. regime now, and that's and so you're looking at hockey as well now, and that's probably the main reason for fitness, really. Yeah, and we just make this assessment day just breeze through. Yeah, you heard it here first. Get fit for uni. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, it's been really fun talking to you, um, Wilf and George. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you. So that was George Pinner, Team GB and former pupil, and Wilf, current sixth former. Thank you both so much for being on this episode. And if you have any questions following anything you've heard, then you can reach the school by visiting www.ipswitch.school. And don't forget that if you haven't followed or subscribed to this podcast channel, then now is the time to do it. Because then it just means that when the next episode is released, you'll receive a small notification to let you know that it's ready, which means that you won't miss it. So go do that now. But in the meantime, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye for now.